Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. Is Pentecost Sunday the birthday of the church? I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. This is a deep and serious question. Your answer says a lot about the way you understand the Bible and your relationship to Elohim. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And we want to send a big shalom to our listeners in Utah and Kenya. Amen. In case you didn't know, Red Pill Tour can now be heard on Reach Gospel Radio in Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, and also on the Reach Gospel Radio app. If you're in any of those areas or have the app, please listen out for it at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Let us know that you heard the program, and please keep us in prayer. Shavuot will be here on Sunday, May 23rd, 2021. Shavuot is the fourth holy appointed time mentioned in the scriptures. We've been counting as the scripture instructs us in Leviticus 23. As we had mentioned in previous podcasts, Shavuot is sometimes referred to as Pentecost Sunday and as the birthday of the church. We don't accept the characterization of it being the birthday of the church. Mm -mm. Accepting that would suggest that there is no connection between the church and thousands of years of history that Elohim has with Israel. It's as if Elohim made a clean break with what he was doing before Yeshua, and through Yeshua he brought in a brand new thing. Unfortunately, many sincere believers seem to believe that this is exactly what happened on Pentecost Sunday, but that's simply not true. No, it's not, Mama. Calling Pentecost Sunday the birthday of the church is an insult to the Elohim of Israel and to the people who walked with him before Pentecost Sunday. Many people died so that the word of Elohim would be preserved in this world. Mm -hmm. So what about the patriarchs and others mentioned in Hebrews 11, the Faith Hall of Fame? We cannot simply erase those saints. That's so true, Daddy. The very next chapter, Hebrews chapter 12, refers to these Old Testament saints as a great cloud of witnesses. They died in faith looking for the same resurrection we look forward to. We now know that this cloud of witnesses and believers today are members of the same family. Amen, Mama. Now, there's one family of Elohim and one Shavuot. The events and themes from Shavuot at Mount Sinai and Pentecost in Jerusalem link those days together in a profound way. The event at Mount Sinai is documented in Exodus, starting in chapter 19. Moshe had brought Israel back to the mountain where he first saw a bush on fire, but not being consumed. Israel camped at the base of the mountain. Starting at Exodus 19 and verse 3, we read, Moshe went up to Elohim, and Jehovah called to him from the mountain. Here is what you are to say to the household of Yaakov. Tell the people of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will pay careful attention to what I say and keep my covenant, then you will be my own treasure from among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you will be a kingdom of priests for me, a nation set apart. 
These are the words you are to speak to the people of Israel. Moshe came, summoned the leaders of the people, and said all these words which Jehovah had ordered him to say. All the people answered as one, Everything Jehovah has said we will do. Moshe reported the words of the people to Jehovah. Tim, this was the equivalent of a marriage proposal from Elohim, with an acceptance by Israel. Mm. Note that they accepted in faith, not knowing what the terms of Elohim's covenant were. Elohim set forth instructions for the people to wash their clothes, purify themselves, and prepare to meet him in three days. The people did as Elohim directed and came to meet him on the third day. Reading from Exodus 19, starting at verse 18, Mount Sinai was enveloped in smoke because Jehovah descended onto it in fire. Its smoke went up like the smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain shook violently. As the sound of the shofar grew louder and louder, Moshe spoke, and Elohim answered him with his voice. The experience was so intense with lightning, earthquakes, thick smoke, and fire. Exodus chapter 20, verses 18 through 21 records the reaction of the people of Israel. It says, All the people experienced the thunder, the lightning, the sound of the shofar, and the mountain shaking. When the people saw it, they trembled. Standing at a distance, they said to Moshe, Hey, you speak with us, and we'll listen, but don't let Elohim speak with us, or we will die. Skipping to verse 21, it reads, So the people stood at a distance, but Moshe approached the thick darkness where Elohim was. The website of the Fellowship of Israel Related Ministries quotes a well-known Jewish commentary on the book of Exodus. In the quote, a rabbi wrote the following. On the occasion of the giving of the Torah, the children of Israel not only heard Jehovah's voice, but actually saw the sound waves as they emerged from Jehovah's mouth. Mm -hmm. They visualized them as a fiery substance. Each commandment that left Jehovah's mouth traveled around the entire camp, and they came back to every Jew individually. End quote. It goes on to record Rabbi Yochanan saying, God's voice as it was uttered split into 70 voices in 70 languages so that all the nations should understand, end quote. The number 70 in scripture is usually associated with the nations. Exodus chapter 12 verse 38 tells us that a mixed multitude left Egypt with Israel. That means people from all around the known world, including some Egyptians, chose to leave Egypt with Israel. All of these people did not know or did not speak the same language, let alone Hebrew. But according to Hebrew records, they all heard the instructions of Elohim in their own language. Mm, that's big. Now let's go to Shavuot, several centuries later. Starting at Acts chapter 1, the scene opens in the aftermath of the resurrection of Yeshua HaMashiach. Yeshua proved that he rose from the dead by showing himself to his disciples and giving many convincing proofs that he was alive. During this 40-day period, they saw him, and he taught them more about the kingdom of Elohim. At one of these gatherings, he instructed them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father promised, which you heard about for me, Yeshua said. For Yochanan used to immerse people in water, but in a few days, you will be immersed in the Ruach HaKodesh. 
Acts chapter 2 gets into the details of that Shavuot. Starting at verse 1, it reads, The festival of Shavuot arrived, and the believers all gathered together in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from the sky like the roar of a violent wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw what looked like tongues of fire which separated and came to rest on each one of them. They were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and began to talk in different languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. Devout Jews from all the known regions were in Jerusalem for Shavuot because of the command that we read about in Leviticus 23. A crowd began to gather around the disciples. The Jews were confused because each person in the crowd heard the disciples speaking about Elohim's wonderful works in his own language. These Hebrews were from the land of the Parthians, Medes, Elamites. They were residents of Mesopotamia, Judah, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, Libya, Rome, and Arabia. Peter explained to them that Yeshua, born in the line of King David, had been executed, but he rose from the dead, and he and other disciples have seen him. This same Yeshua was made both Lord and Messiah. The crowd understood the trouble they were in. They had violently rejected the covenant of Jehovah and his promised Messiah. When they asked, what should they do? Peter answered, turn from sin, return to Elohim, and each one of you be baptized on the authority of Yeshua the Messiah into forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh. For the promise is for you, for your children, and for all those far away or in the future. As many as Jehovah our Elohim may call. And Tim, by the way, we who are hearing this are the called. That's right, Mama. So what does Shavuot at Mount Sinai have to do with Pentecost in Acts chapter 2? Well, to start, both were the same holy day. Both were preceded by a 50-day journey to freedom. 50 days passed between Israel's departure from Egypt to their accepting the covenant at Mount Sinai, and likewise, Yeshua's disciples learned from him for 40 days, saw him ascend to heaven, and waited another 10 days to receive the Ruach HaKodesh, which was promised in John chapter 14, verse 26. Now, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13 says, Those who trusted in the Messiah were sealed by him with the promised Ruach HaKodesh, who guarantees our inheritance until we come into possession of it and thus bring him praise and glory. Now, when the Bible speaks of our inheritance, it's talking about the covenant of Elohim, the source of our inheritance. The covenant was given at Mount Sinai and affirmed by the Ruach HaKodesh in Jerusalem. Both Shavuot at Mount Sinai and in Jerusalem featured a gathering ordered by Jehovah, people from many nations, fire, supernatural understanding of foreign languages, and the giving of God's instructions. Same holy day with similar demonstrations by the same Ruach HaKodesh of Elohim. So, what would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and ignore the connection between Shavuot at Mount Sinai and Shavuot at Jerusalem? Or would you take the red pill 
and embrace the eternal connection between both Shavuot observances? Only you can answer that question. But just remember that thousands of years before Shavuot in Jerusalem, Elohim instructed all Hebrew people to gather in Jerusalem on that very day just so that they would be witnesses to his salvation. He didn't start a new church in Jerusalem. He affirmed the covenant that he had made long before. There were no Baptists, Methodists, Pentecostals, or any other Christian denomination in Jerusalem on that day. The book of Acts says that they were Jews. Think about that as you take that red pill. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we shared and talk about it with family and friends. Thank you for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour, where you can handle the truth. truth.